0: The Shark MMA Show. This is Jim, the podcast sherpa from Too Many Podcasts, and you've got a ringside seat to the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Mm, Let's get ready to podcast! Hi, everyone. I am your host, Mark the Shark Retorto, and welcome to the Mark the Shark MMA Show where every week we talk about the wonderful sport of MMA. To we will review the most recent and upcoming events in MMA news. In each episode, the format may be changed, but you will always be entertained. There will be special interviews with special guests, along with special insights on the sport from our guest hosts. Also, check out our Facebook page for news and updates on future episodes. Also, we appreciate donations from our listeners to keep our podcast up and running. You can make a donation by clicking on the click the support button found at anchor.fm slash mark the shark MMA show. And that's Marks spelled with a C and not a K. We are also looking for guests who want to be on the show and sponsors who want to advertise their product and brand on the show. For more information, contact me on the mark the shark MMA show Facebook page. Also, for a plug in, if you're looking for a good action, thriller, suspense novel, check out. A book called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. You can find it on both Barnes & Noble and Amazon.com. It is available in paperback, Kindle, and audiobooks format on Amazon.com. The paperback version only on BarnesAndNoble.com. And the hardcover version is only available at www.retortofamilybooks.com. For a good book for your kid to read, check out I Am a Survivor or Invisible Girl, written by a little 11-year-old girl by the name of Christina Retorto. She has her books in Kindle and audio book format and paperback format on Amazon.com and paperback format on both Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com, and the hardcover version is only available at www.retortoFamilyBooks.com. Okay, everyone, keep on listening. We'll be back shortly after this break. Hey, guys just want to let everybody know that if you're looking for a good suspense thriller action novel, check out the book written by me, Mark Bashar called The Cabal, The Saga Begins. If you go to my website now, Books, you can get an autographed signed copy for only $8 plus shipping. Again, go to www.retortofamilybooks.com. Mark Sander. Was a normal family man till he was captured by the Nazis, imprisoned in torture. His only means of survival was bec- to become a vampire. Now his only fear is on how to keep his daughter safe, but not only from the Nazis, but from the creatures of the Dark World. Marcus the Vampire, the first book in the Dark World Chronicle series, now available at www retortofamilybooks.com and on amazon.com Get it now! This is to all you parents out there. Are you looking for a great book for your child to read? Well, look no further. Christina Ritordo has done it again by putting out a sequel to her first book in the Invisible Girl series. The sequel is called A Little Bit Louder. Get it now at Amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com, or retortofamilybooks.com. Again, the book is called A Little Bit Louder, written by Christina Retorto. All right, guys, we're back on the show, and today I got Zane back on the show. We're going over UFC uh, ESPN 18 featuring the main card of Anthony Smith uh, versus Devine Clark. How you doing today, Zane?
1: Zane, how you doing? I'm
0: good. How you doing, Mark? <laughs> I'm good, Mark. I'm here. Yeah. So uh, we, me and Zane, we just talking. He just brought up an interesting statistic. I don't know if you want to share it with everybody before we get started. You were saying something about the the stats of the,
1: the people who were. Yeah, I in. I just I just thought it was interesting. Sometimes um, this happens where you'll get a main card, or you'll just get a lot of UFC fights on on uh sometimes it happens in the prelims but there were four of the six fights the first four fights that did not go the way it was estimated to go the first four fights the other person was estimated on the stats to have won so it was uh an upset the first four fights were i guess you can consider upsets and it was yeah. only the last two fights, the main and the main, that actually went the way people had estimated it to go. I just thought that was a, a silly
0: UFC fun fact. That's all. Yeah. So before we get, because we're going to cover the last three here. So we got the first fight. We got Jonathan Pierce, who defeated Kai Kamada. So I guess Jonathan wasn't supposed to. Yeah, win.
1: Jonathan Pierce and uh, Parker Porter.
0: No, no, the yeah, the, uh, the first one, the first one before the Norma Dumont fight. You said the first four fights, the, the people who won weren't supposed to win. So Jonathan wasn't supposed to win, but he defeated Kai Kamada. Then Norma Dumont wasn't supposed to win. And she defeated Ashley Evans. And then we got yes. and then we get into the fights that we're gonna talk about was uh Bill AGL and Spike Carlisle, right? So that was a pretty uh
1: that was an interesting fight.
0: Yeah, that's the uh, what is it? What did they call that redhead? The uh oh, gin.
1: Uh, ginger, ginger man, whatever.
0: Ginger <clears something. throat> I actually wrote ginger it down. Mice, I don't know. I, let me see if I can find it. I wrote it down last night. Ginger. Actually, I probably not. Nah, I think I did. No,
1: no, no, maybe I didn't. Ginger well, while you're looking, uh, you know, for that information. Yeah, yeah, give your
0: comments. I thought it was I a just, good fight.
1: Oh, yeah. I, it was. I do feel that Spike Carlisle is one of those uh, extremely technical fighters. I feel that uh, – uh, um, actually, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Alego. I, yeah. I, I I'm not sure. But anyway, um, very, very different fighters. First of all, they're very different looking. They uh, are built differently. One is tall and uh, kind of fights long. One is a little bit shorter. Um, fights a little bit more with muscle, not exactly the <laughs> the best it. technique. But but I tell you, Spike is one of the out there. I don't know what, what he's going to He's very unconventional. Unconventional. unpredictable. And even when you grab him or if you punch him, they react differently than, than what you would expect someone uh, or the way that they should way the way that you you would say most fighters uh, would anticipate that person reacting. So I just thought it was a uh, it was one of those fights that you expected the other guy to win so easily, but it was difficult for the taller, more experienced grappler and technical fighter. It took time. It took time for him to. Uh, to get his rhythm and to, and to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't find his nickname. It's something ginger or something. But the one thing I noticed yeah. about these guys was because usually featherweights, you know, they move a lot faster than, than heavyweights, but they seem to have more gas. That guy, the redhead seemed like he was gassing out a little bit more. Right. And yeah. The other was, guy seemed, <clears throat> the other guy seemed that he was like rushing his, uh, his movement on the ground jiu-jitsu wise and there were certain things that he did i thought like he took i forget what particular moves but i think he took like a couple unnecessary risks so to speak on the ground and he, he tend to lose he tend to uh lose a lot of positions and stuff right and then the redhead what it was one wondering I... was he had a, like a decent choke yeah. on him and but he couldn't get it but uh in the end you know it, w- it was a good, f- it was definitely a good fight, back and forth battle. But I just thought it was weird how a featherweight would get winded like that. But needless to say, like Bill, Bill won the fight. And then we got the two, the, the two chubby guys, uh, mm-hmm. Parker Porter and Ch- Josh Parisian. I'm probably butchering his name.
1: No, Josh Parisian. That's correct. So, just yeah. something I wanted to mention is that, yes, Go. I, I don't mean to go back to the previous fight. Um, yeah. I'll just mention, I'll just touch on it, is that, again, what an interesting fight. Uh, maybe in the past, you and I might not have maybe respected the type of fight that Spike and Bill uh, put up, just very, very different styles, and there were some bulldog uh, chokes that were actually yeah. there. But, but this guy, Bill, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu and he seems calm under, under fire. And there were a lot of chokes that were not 100% uh, correctly done. So he was able to capitalize on getting out of them. And then I think it took a little bit of the, the wind out of Spike's sails as far as going for chokes or committing. And then there was a few times that Bill had excellent uh, position and you never give up position. Uh, and I think what happened was he was a little bit Excited to try to finish it and, um, you know, kind of lost position, but then he regained it. And then going into the Josh Parisian and uh, Parker Porter fight, again, not the most technical fighters. I feel that at this level in the UFC, you have to be crisp with your punches. You have to have your legs underneath you. But yes, these two guys were, you can consider them chubby. They should have been in better shape. I feel that they're probably in the transition of their fighting career. I just think that they're both extremely large, heavy guys. Yeah, one guy cuts from
0: 295, the bigger dude.
1: Yeah. And you (laughs) I'm sorry, maybe you got a really good punch. Maybe you could maybe you can take a really good punch, but I just feel that man, you go into USC, you should not be shaking and jiggling. You know, you should be in better shape. You know, look at the heavyweights. Yeah, you know, there's not many heavyweights now that are shaking and jiggling that are at the top. Yeah,
0: Rosenstrike and even a Black Beast has slimmed down a little bit. Now, I, I got to contradict you a little bit. I got to – what impressed me with these two guys is they seem to actually have uh, as good a cardio, if not a little better, than the featherweight's that fought. I couldn't believe haste <laughs> that these guys – They they were pounding and swinging and moving fast for, you know, big two hundred sixty five pound guys that actually have to cut down to two sixty five. There wasn't much. There wasn't much. All three rounds. I mean, Josh was a little tired towards the end, but that's to be expected. And I I do have to kind of contradict a little bit. I thought Parker Porter. I have to give him credit because usually like when you see guys that size they're just like th- throwing and winging their arms. he <laughs> actually put some pretty good combos together He was putting uppercuts he was mixing it up with like the leg kicks um, He was covering up nicely and then uh, Josh was like trying to like, hit him with a couple of spinning back fists and they weren't that sloppy for a big guy to throw him I mean I was like shocked and he had a couple of head kicks in too. For a guy, well, his legs are probably my whole body weight, and he was actually able to pick his leg up and kick Porter in the face. So I was I was actually surprised by that. I think if they, I agree with you. They should they should be in better shape. I think if they were to lose the weight, they, they would probably be very dangerous. They, I think that they,
1: if they were to both lose twenty or thirty pounds, they would definitely still be heavyweights. But and, and I do feel that. it was a perfect matchup with these two guys because they, as far as sloppiness, I do feel that Parker Porter was crisper. He was covering up better. And yes, he did put his game uh, together a little bit better. I feel as far as power, Josh probably had more power, so that's why he was always still dangerous. And he was a little bit larger of a man. But if you were to put either of these guys up against any of the Top 10 heavyweights come on. I think that you would realize how slow that they're actually moving and how much that they still need to put together their game. They need to be crisper, cleaner, faster, mix it up more, and in better shape. So, you know, as far as as well as they did against each other, they were evenly matched. And I feel that yes, they did make it the three rounds, even though they were beaten on each other. But, you know, we've come a long way in the UFC. And I just feel that at this stage, you should be in better shape with better cardio. That's my opinion.
0: I I would like to see either one of them cut at least 15 pounds, make it 15, you know, and give them a couple more fights. And I want to see one of these guys fight the Black Beast. I I just want to see it. Black Beast, I feel, is bad. (laughs) Because, Because he... He's Black dangerous. Beast doesn't have too much technique. He's gotten better, right? He's gotten well, he's, better. His he's ground fast. game, he's, he, it sucks, but he just pulls wins out of his ass, dude. Like He, he gets yep. dominated but on the ground. Somehow, he explodes up in the last round and just cracks the guy. Yes, I but think that would be a perfect matchup for one of these guys if they get a little bit more
1: power. Point. The power that the Black Beast has, the speed in which he throws, and the accuracy that he throws is much better than i feel that these two guys are and i feel that whenever he wants to just get up he just gets up there's no there's no guard there's no it doesn't matter where this guy is he just explodes and just he gets up yeah so nobody really has too much of a yeah, he's, a, a, he's a another if
0: he were to lose 10 if he were to lose 15 pounds I don't think – I think he would be unstoppable. If he would lose – The Black beast were to lose 15 pounds and, and, and improve his wrestling defense so that no one could take him down. Just do six months of intense wrestling
1: and jiu-jitsu practice. And that's all you need for a guy like that. A guy like that just needs to know – He's already got the striking power.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and, and I mean, he could always crisp that up too. But anybody's going to be – well, not anybody – certain guys that have one particular thing that sets them above the rest. And then if you're like, oh, and if you would just teach them this, there's a bunch of those guys out there. But getting back to Josh and, uh, you know, uh, Parker, I think that those two guys, they, they they definitely got some things. They got a list of things that they need to do in order to be able to be successful as a heavyweight. But that's, that's just my opinion. All right. So, are we talking about the two co-main, uh, two main events, co-main and main?
0: Oh yeah, we got Mi- Miguel, Miguel Aiza, uh, and, uh, and and uh, Sato. Now, what I like about, I don't want to ruin it yet, but the last two fights, and I love it when it happens. The la- don't say what happened yet. The last two fights ended the same way, and I have seen other events. There was, I think it was in sometimes in the <laughs> UFC. Where everybody, there was one, and I actually did a recap of it. Where everybody won by rear naked choke. There were like four <laughs> fights in a row. So, I, when we go over the next one, we're kind of ruining it for the finale. But the, the the finale ended ten times quicker. So yeah, let's let's go over it. So you got Sato, I guess he's from Japan, and you got uh, Miguel. You got Miguel Biza, and- Biza, whatever. I guess he's Brazilian. That gives you a little hint as to what happens if you follow MMA. What do most people from Brazil specialize in? Jiu-jitsu. <laughs> so, yeah, go, go over it. I'll give your take on it.
1: All right. My opinion is, um, again, this was one where finally, you know, in the in the lineup, this was Miguel was supposed to win, and he did. And he started off a little bit slow. I think it was more of a feeling out situation. And I think that he didn't do anything wrong. He looked smooth. He looked like he had his feet under him. He Actually, I have to say, Miguel looked the way a true fighter should look. In shape, always ready to throw, where you have uh, your feet underneath you. You're always moving, where you look the same, no matter where you move. You're always ready. You're always ready. ready. And get your hands up. And you're always in position to block or throw. And that's the way he looked the whole fight. And what happened was he didn't make really any mistakes. It was more of a feeling out situation. And then Sato, not taking anything away from him, he looked really good too. He just, Miguel was a little bit crisper, a little bit faster, uh, a little bit more accurate. And he was able to kind of pick him apart. And then eventually got him to the ground and you know what happened.
0: Yeah, he won by triangle choke yeah <laughs> it was it was good, but nowhere near as the way as to what happened with Anthony Smith and his against his opponent Devin Clark. now uh, Anthony Smith he fought for the title against John Jones, lost, not ashamed he gave you know did his best. John Jones is like probably the best guy that ever fought in that division ever. And then I think he came back, and he won a fight after that. I don't recall. My I'm, I'm, memory's a little fuzzy, and I'm too lazy to look it up on the internet. But against this guy, you know, I think this guy was on a win streak. Devin Clark and Anthony Clark. Smith had his way with him. And what 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 was surprising is I think Devin Clark is a, is known for his wrestling. I don't know. I don't know if it was Division One. I don't think it was Division One wrestling. But he, I think he, I think he was like a national wrestling champ. At some point, I'm actually going to look up his record. He's 12 wins, five losses. Uh, nowhere near the experience that Anthony Smith has. Yeah, so he was on a... I think it was like an eight one, or nine. two. Oh, he was on a two-fight-one streak. Whereas Smith... Strong. Yeah, Smith. Okay. Yeah, I just looked it up. Yeah. He, he, prior to Anthony Smith, he won against Alonzo Menifield, and he won against Dequan Townshed and, but he lost to, by submission, but he's been in the UFC for a while, dude. He's had well, I think most of his fights were uh-huh. in the UFC, but when you go to, when you go to Anthony Smith, Anthony Smith's been around dude. he's been strike force, um, I remember when he fought Hager Gracie. I think it was Hager Gracie's debut. And then he got Haga Gracie just choked the shit out of him. But uh yeah, Anthony Smith's got 34 wins, 16 losses. And it's kind of funny. I don't know where he what happened after strike force. I do not actually remember him. To me, I don't he was in Bellator. I do not remember him in Bellator. He actually won some fights in Bellator. I think it was he only did one fight in Bellator and then he started did some amateur shows. Then he went right into the UFC and he had a pretty good win streak. The only I think loss he had was actually no, he lost to that. I think after his loss to John Jones, he lost to that uh, that guy you met at a grappling con contest. Um, Glover, uh, Glover Tashiroff, yeah. So he yeah. lost to- and then he lost to alexander rossack so he was on a two-fight win list that's probably why they were saying this was the gateway you know this was gonna like either make him and like if he had lost he might have like been kicked out he would definitely would have been out of the top 10 and this guy needed to beat anthony smith to crack the top 10 but regardless like like Anthony Smith, I saw him on Street uh, one time on Strike Force and then I had never seen him again. And then when he hit the UFC, I don't know, maybe changed training camps or something, but he put together a very good win streak, which led to his uh, title shot against John Jones. And then I guess it just took him for a while to get his shit back together because he, he put Kevin Clark's supposed to be a national wrestling champion. Who, and Smith took him down and pretty much dominated him, um, you know. And then he ended up with a beautiful triangle choke. Uh, he didn't he, he didn't have to move the arm. He got it really quickly. Uh, he got it in one minute, two two minutes and thirty four seconds into the first round. I thought, and I everybody who listens to me, I love it when it's a submission. I love jujitsu, so I mean, I, I just, and it was also I also like when it ends quick, so I go to bed early. <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to stay on. but anyway, I mean, I mean, what do, what were your thoughts on that? Well, I I felt
1: that Anthony had a decent amount of size on him, so you know, size matters. If you're a, a much, you could be a light heavyweight, but if you're someone that is a, just shorter. A little bit more compact, but Anthony Smith is is he's not a weak guy. He he didn't look as defined as he normally. Yeah, does.
0: I actually commented. I said he looked a little soft. And I'm yeah, assuming but, he's coming uh, off an injury or something. But
1: as far as the way he looked when he was moving, he looked fine with the way he was yeah. moving. And his defense, is as far as takedowns, he looked he looked like he was schooled in defending the takedown. And he looked, uh, he just looked bigger than Devin did. So when you have that, you know, if Devin was a little bit taller, a little bit thicker, a little bit wider, you know, things could have gone the other way. Maybe he would have had enough muscle in order to, you know, maneuver and get him down to the ground and be in a superior position, who knows. But Anthony had um, that that physique that he needed behind him. And then yes, the guy looked good on the ground, off his back. Um, you know, he was able to take somebody who obviously has knowledge of the ground and submit him kind of quickly. So he definitely had a lot of, I guess, knowledge on, on the ground. looks good. I can't take anything. But as far as himself with, you know, other top guys, eh, he's, he's got a You know, if he has 16 losses, look at John Jones, the best that ever was. I think since the time he stepped into the UFC, it was crushing
0: everybody. And he never lost. He never lost. One one got disqualified or something.
1: Yeah, that really wasn't. Yeah, but everybody that. that Disqualification, and he didn't know the, and to tell you the truth, me, I'm sorry, you walk into the UFC, that's like saying, well, you can't hit somebody with your right hand. I mean, an elbow like that, too bad if it ends it quickly too bad if you get hurt i feel that that type of blow should be allowed that's just my opinion
0: an elbow like that i I don't understand that downward even john uh joe rogan if you're listening get me on your show uh joe rogan argues that all the time doesn't see any neglect whatever it goes 12 to what is it 12 to 6 or 12 to 6 here or whatever uh he argues that all the time. Um, I mean, if they wanted to make it safer, just get rid of the elbows. In fact, I, I'm trying to. I think I don't, I'm trying to remember now. I don't think Bellator has elbows. Now that I think about it. I could be wrong. I don't because I don't recall ever seeing in a Bellator fights where the guys get these big, huge contusions on their head. You know, where in the UFC, you, you like uh, with Jana. Johanna, whatever that, uh, short check, whatever. She looked like, uh, what was that character from Star, Star Trek? Uh, Vulcan or something. Joanna. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: uh, yeah. She, when she came her out of her... that
0: one fight from those elbows and shit, she looked like she, like an alien from one of those, uh, Star Trek. Uh, there,
1: was, yeah, there were plenty of fighters. There were plenty of fighters. That right. And they got, not... yeah. I mean, if they wanted to make it fighters. safer,
0: just get rid of the elbows. But I, I don't see there's any benefit. Or more, I don't, I don't see how it causes more damage. Where you hit this way, this way, you know. I'm surprised that go some guys don't go up. You know, they always. I don't know if that maybe that's illegal. I don't know. You know, like if you can hit up towards the jaw, especially like when you're up against the cage, step back, boom. The thing mm-hmm. is with that blow, it is
1: the type of blow that will end the fight faster, and yeah. it will it will slow down or. Um, halt a yeah. guys a guy's career so I can understand the UFC saying well let's not allow this type of blow because it ends it fast and it's not as exciting it, it you know guys are gonna be um, scared to you know to get into maybe the sport if we include this type of blow I don't know well yeah. all I do know is that without a doubt it will end the fight faster and there's not much jiu-jitsu that you can do when you got this type of elbow coming down on your face, it would be done. Ground and pound would be reinvented. But you know what? If you're a good jujitsu guy, you will do whatever it takes in order to not get hit that way. And you got to move. This is a real fight. This is not a jujitsu match. And that's what you signed into. This is MMA. And you should be able to take any type of blow. I even feel that I was disgusted about well, what about nut shots? You know, getting kicked to the balls. I'm sorry, that's yeah, that's yeah, part yeah. of a real fight. You and I both know that it's part of a real fight. Um, there were there were a couple of rules in the UFC, but when they started, no eye gouging and yeah. no headbutts. no eye gouging, headbutts, and that or biting. That was it, and yeah, I yeah. still feel that that is a true to life um, fight. No eye gouging, biting, or Headbutts. you take i still feel that those should be the only three um type of uh i guess street fight moves that should still not be allowed in the ufc but everything else i mean really i mean this is a fight you know how, how real do you want it to be do you want it to be a boxing match are, are we leaning more towards that you can't do this you can't do that it's a fight i'm sorry yeah. if you it, it, this should not be a career this should be like my life as martial arts I specialize in this, and now I'm going to have maybe a few fights in the UFC, not yeah. a lifelong career. You should not have 20 years in the UFC. You should not have, I think, even 10 years in the UFC is too yeah. long, long. If yeah. you're in the, in the UFC for more than 10 years, that I, I just feel like if you're in there for more than 10 thing you're not there, You never get because There's just no way. You're going to be you're gonna be hurt, you know that this this stuff is
0: it's not easy, you know. Yeah. Well, we, we could argue. We'll have that's another. We'll have it another a, uh, chat on that a little bit with the <laughs> rules <laughs> and regulations. We'll, we'll talk about that later, Zane. <laughs> Actually, that's probably a good topic for another podcast episode. <laughs> but anyway, this is a wrap. All right, guys. Uh, we'll check you out next week. Hopefully, you like this recap, and uh, that's it. We'll be back. All after right, talk to you later, Mark. Hey, what's up, world? This is Will, and you are about to listen to the Mark the Shark MMA Show. Enjoy the show. Are you a fan of the Mark the Shark MMA Show? Are you looking for some swag? Check us out on the web at www.markthesharkmmashow.com, where we sell t-shirts, hoodies, crop tops, hats, beanie hats, anything you want, check it out. Are you also looking to become a guest on the show and be interviewed by me, Mark the Shark Retorto? Well, go to the website and sign up as a guest. Are you looking to become a sponsor? Go to the website, sign up, take advantage of the wild range growth of the sport of MMA and be have your business and service advertised to millions of listeners I listen to this podcast every week worldwide from everywhere. Check it out. www.markthesharkmmashow.com Hi everyone. This is Mark the Shark Victoria. Sending a message to all the fans out there. If you enjoyed this podcast, Please help support it by making a small donation. It could be anywhere from a dollar, four ninety nine, or nine ninety nine. It could even be a monthly donation. Any amount is appreciated. To donate to this money to this podcast, go to www.markthesharkmmshow.com. Again, that's www.markthesharkmmshow.com.